Hi and welcome to the Rags to Riches show with myself, Terry Blackburn. So this podcast is all about inspiring you, motivating you, pushing you on to achieve more in your life, whether that's in business, property, your health and fitness, your personal life, every part of your life. This podcast hopefully will help you achieve more, do more and get to where you want to be. So just before the episode starts, I have just launched a new website called terryblackburnproperty.com. On there, I've got all of the services that I offer. So one-to-one coaching in business, property, time management, goal setting, sales, persuasion, loads of different things on there. I've got some online courses, some one-to-one coaching courses as well. So please have a look on there. Really appreciate your support. And if you want to get involved and you want some more specific help from me, you want some more one-to-one coaching and, and assistance from me to help you to get to where you want to be, it's all on there also got a couple of books on amazon and audible the be a lion which has won multiple awards worldwide now and the power of peas is the new one all about the different p words profit power perspective purpose etc i hope you'll really enjoy one last thing from me if you enjoy these podcasts and you benefit from them you learn from them all i ask is that you share it with your friends and family or someone who you think the episode is relevant to you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, that would massively help. The more shares we get, the bigger guests I can get on the podcast, the more people we can help and the more I can grow the show. So thank you so much. Get in touch if you like what you're listening to and don't just take notes, take action. A short sort of version of my story is that I grew up in a rough part of Newcastle. Uh, in a block of flats so we didn't have any money growing up pretty <laughs> upbringing loads of love from me mum and stuff but um, but it was a hard upbringing didn't have mm. any money whatsoever really tough time at school failed everything I was a naughty kid the one getting into trouble into drugs into mm. all sorts of things that I shouldn't have been doing really really lucky to escape that world mm. don't just talk it walking don't just talk it walking it's a good song though Yeah man It's part of life I've got it on the back Of my t-shirt too Don't oh, yeah. talk it Walk it Because it's just An important part of life But man Terry mm. Welcome to the show brother Thank you Mate, Thanks for having us Yeah man It's uh, amazing I've, I've been watching you Closely for the last Couple of months And um, Man you're inspiring A lot of people And, and it, This is It's not been happening For the last month It's been happening For the last Let's say Um Maybe 14 years now, 14, 15 years where it started. In business, yeah, yeah, yeah. Social media's only really been three yeah. years-ish, but um, but yeah, we doing you, it long before socials. What are your thoughts on socials then regarding, like you've been doing all this graph for so long, mm. right? And there's just been this one person maybe, or not this one person, there might be someone, right, who's just figured out the, mm. the algorithm or the way of business, of using social media and they've just, you know, they've made a, made a bit of a killing from it when other people mm. probably... I wouldn't say yourself, but some people out there are probably a bit envious because they haven't mastered that next step. Mm. Yeah, I mean, social media has got a lot of pros, a lot of cons. Mm. And you can be perceived to be a certain way on social media when it's not really true. There's a lot of people in property that are perceived to be a certain way and they're saying they do certain Mm. things when I know that they're not and other people know that they're not. But Mm. um, unfortunately, some people fall for the, the social media sort of uh, curtain that they pull over your, or wool that they pull over your eyes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think social media is a force for good. Ultimately, there's always going to be pros and cons, but um, if I inspire people, help people and mm. grow my own personal brand and help other people in at the same time, I think there's only the positives outweigh the negatives for me, for socials. 
Definitely, man. Definitely. And you, mate, like, like I said, your message, literally, you've just been speaking about mm. it now. Your message, I think, is really good because mm. your fundamentals and what you're providing, yeah, it's in business. Yeah, it's in investing. But, like, it's life. Mm. And I think, you know, if I think every person who's got a good story or someone who's got a good message, if we can reflect on that, right, it mm. comes from a place of where their journey stemmed from. Yeah, yeah. And... Like I think we've spoke about it briefly, briefly off air, but like, you know, you're a Geordie lad, yeah, 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 yeah. Proud, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice man. <laughs> I actually, mate, think about that, right? Growing up, I don't really watch football anymore, support him. But Newcastle mm. was my team. Alan Shearer was, was my it team. really my man, yeah, the legend. When he used to score a goal and raise it, yeah, yeah, the legend, man, <laughs> best ever striker in in well, it's a controversial comment that I suppose he's definitely up there, top three ever strikers mm. ever in the Premier League. Got to be. He's, I, I honestly think, right, if he was in a, not saying Newcastle was a poor team, right, but if he was at a, mm. a Man U, for instance, oh. or a Real Madrid, he'd be up there on he the He would have won all sorts, yeah, mm. 100%. 100%. Yeah, he's he's good, man. I rate him a lot. But, um, eight, yeah, like I was just saying, you're from Newcastle. Mm -hmm. Like, what's the journey been like for you from a youngster? Yeah, so, I mean, a short sort of version of my story is that I grew up in a rough part of Newcastle. Uh, in a block of flats so didn't have any money growing up pretty shit upbringing loads of love from me, me mom and stuff but um, but it was a hard upbringing didn't have mm. any money whatsoever really tough time of school failed everything I was a naughty kid the one getting into trouble into drugs into mm. all sorts of things that I shouldn't have been doing really really lucky to escape that world mm. uh, when I was 19 uh, and got into sales um, but I love Newcastle I love everything about it um, I was just saying again off air I'm glad I'm, I don't live in Newcastle anymore Not that I don't like Newcastle It's just from my at my stage in life I don't want to be partying I don't mm. want to be drinking I don't want to be sessioning all the time Like most people do yeah, yeah. Um, So it was right for me to leave um, But I still go there You know Four to six days a month Every month Nice It's still my town I'll always be a Geordie uh, Yeah I do love the city Nice man Nice Well it's really um important right you're a product of your environment right mm. so like you you saying that you could have gone down an easier like a really rough path and gone down that you know god forbid you could have been in jail right now it was really close yeah yeah, yeah. It, it was it ever moments was it like ever a pivotal moment you go right i need to get pull my head and get my shit together 100 percent. I, I remember really really clearly the moment when i said enough is enough so would i'd been out from thursday to sunday on no sleep taking all kinds of drugs, being an idiot with a group of lads that, that were also doing that. And it was what everyone was doing at that point. And I look, remember looking in the mirror in this dingy little flat that I was renting because I moved out when I was 16. Jeez. Um, and this was when I was 18-ish. Um, I remember looking in the mirror and I looked ill. I was all sucked in. I was gone. I was skinny. I would just looked ill. And I was like, what am I doing with my life here? Like, yeah. what what is going on? So I changed my number. The next day, and weirdly, I got made redundant about a week to two weeks after that. Mm. And then I seen that as a sign. So I was a builder. Yeah, yeah. And I hated being a builder. And I used to tell everyone, I'm not going to do this forever <laughs> when I was on the building site. And everyone said I would be. Um, and I used to tell people I'd be a millionaire. And no one believed us. Everyone laughed. And that's kind of happened at the same time when I realized I need to get away from this group of people that I was mm. hanging around with. I got made redundant. And then I got a job for sales about two weeks after that. Wow. So all, every part of my life changed. So the people I was hanging around with changed. My work situation changed. Everything changed at once. And I just seen that as a sign. And then 
the sales thing took off. If you want to talk about that, we can. Uh, and then, yeah. So I was really close to going down the wrong Jeez, path. But that, I always remember that moment. I still remember because my bathroom walls were blue and it was a blue <laughs> background. Look, me looking in the mirror and I looked like, I looked ill, man. Yeah, well. <laughs> Um And that was the one and I thought, right, I'm done now. That, let's, let's, let's do what I was meant to do. And that was kind of, wow. kind of it. Did you always think like, so, okay, I, this might come across, you know, the wrong message to some people, right? But I think the most, the best salesmen are normally mm. like the people who have got a bit of a, not a shifty past, but like um, they, they've got a bit of a, you know, they know how to, not wheel a deal, but just get the message across really well. Yeah, like yeah. I know some people, right, who are ex-drug dealers, mm. best salesmen have ever come. Because they just know how to sell to you. Definitely. Then you've got someone who's gone to university, done all degree, degrees, mm. right? And they've gone, here's my textbook on how to do it all. But this mm. guy's gone, mate, I've got, you know, like I, I know the I know the, the way it rolls around you. And yeah, they're yeah. killing it. Like, And I'm not saying that's the same as you, but I know so many people. Yeah, yeah. Mate, mate you, you bang on though. And you know why? Because I think people who, <clears throat> generally, not everybody, it's a generalization, but people who are academically intelligent, and I'm definitely not academically Same. intelligent, mate. I feel everything. But people who are like that generally aren't as good as people who aren't at communicating. If you generalize mm. it, there's obviously exceptions, but they're not normally that good at communicating mm. because it's a, I think the brains maybe is wired up a little bit yeah, differently. Yeah. So the people that weren't academically intelligent in school and didn't do very good at school, mm. what were they doing instead of revising and learn? They were talking, talking they were being yeah. naughty, chatting, getting up to whatever. So, so from school, I just developed like good communication skills. I was, I was one of the biggest characters in the school. Everyone loved me <laughs> and all of that, but I was useless at everything else. Yeah. So I think I think that's what it comes down to. And people who are streetwise, like drug dealers, like people who've had dodgy pasts. Yeah. I've never sold drugs, by the way, but I've, I've, but yeah, I've yeah, been yeah. in that circle, <laughs> circles for sure. Um, you, you do, you, you just become a bit streetwise. And yeah. sales is a little bit, not that you do anything untoward or or, or, or you don't cross the line, but you, sales is a, is a communication. It's mm. a conversation where you find out what that person wants or needs and you come up with a solution or you fix the problem or Beautiful. whatever. But that is that is a communication, it's a back and forth. And that's mm. why people who've been on the streets are doing whatever, that they, they do that, but just in a different way. Different so way. they can translate that skill into sales quite easily, I think. So true, man. Fuck, that's, that speaks levels, man, to me. And even, right, I think this is a niche that's going, is the power of communicating. Mm. I don't think many people now from, I don't know, let's go from, I'm I'm 30, so people like 25 or 22 mm. younger, like they're so invested in messaging and talking, right? Or their mm. heads down. Like Good you, like their, their skills of communicating now and understanding people on a deeper level is going. So mm. like, how many people do you know are 21 who are sitting in front of each other doing a podcast for an hour and they're like, they're not, their minds are not shifting. Like, mm. or have you ever done a PowerPoint and someone's attention span is gone because they haven't learned mm. the art of communicating and engaging with a person on and actually finding out what it is they want and then providing that for them? A hundred percent. Look at TikTok. People's attention spans are massively shortened now because of things like that. Reels, people just scroll through, don't they? Mm. And if you look at like the dating world, like part of saying what going on what you said there, like People message, they're used to messaging on all these yeah. different sites, which I've never been on, by the way, I don't need to. <laughs> uh, but like, that's what, so then if you if they meet someone in a bar, they don't know what to say. Because mm. they're used to messaging them and yeah. swiping left or right or whatever they do. 
but that is unfortunately the the, the generation that's that's came in. Um, and communication is is a massive life skill that everyone needs in every single industry in every capacity, but it's not taught mm. anywhere. It's true that. And it's real funny, right? You didn't even recognize your natural gift of communicating and, and getting the best mm. out of people until you probably got into sales. But you thought, you know what? They've given you the tools. They've given you the script mm. probably on how to do it. But after a couple of runs of doing it, you're like, you know what? I'm fucking good at this. And then, yeah, no, I did, yeah. And I then did. you get that, like, that fidgety feeling in your gut. And that's probably mm. the thing that drives you every day now is chasing mm. that exciting feeling of mm. what's next. You know what I mean? Hundred percent. So, so I think it was a, probably a month into being in sales, I sold all my tools from my, yeah, being yeah. a builder, and I was like, I am never. I can just use my mouth and use my brain instead of using my hands to make more money than as a builder. And I'm not going to ruin my body by mm. putting strain on it. Um, so, so yeah, yeah, I, I learned pretty quickly that was something that I was really good at. And in terms of chasing that, yeah, yeah, I think I've still got that now. You know, I think I've still got a little bit of insiders that I'm mm. chasing something, and whatever I'm chasing keeps moving. Mm. But but sales is a bit like that. Sales, you chase a target, yeah, or you chase the next deal, or you chase the commission check, or the bonus, or the whatever. Mm. You can translate that in any part of your business, definitely, uh, or any any part of your life. But ter- Terry, you're like with yourself, man. You have done so much, right, in such a early age. Do you find now, like, because um, you probably understand the, the coding, we'll call it, of mm. business, coding of investing, coding of connecting. Do you realize now that you are capable of, of other avenues of life? And then, and you know what I mean? Like, I, I, when you talk, when we're talking now, when we talked off air, I'm sitting here going, man, this guy could do so much, so much more, mm. even though he's done so much. You know mm. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I mean... I was speaking about this the other day, actually. So I've I started with life insurance. That was the first sales job I got into, and the first business I got into was life insurance. That went into mortgage broken as well. Mm. That then went into will writing. That went into funeral plans. That then went into an online mortgage brokers that I built and sold. That then went into uh, property, buy to lets, HMOs, Airbnbs, hotels, bars, restaurants, coffee shops, glamping wow. sites, books. So it, I keep moving it, and I do believe I'm capable of most things I put my mind to. Mm. I don't think ev- anybody is capable of everything. Yeah, You've got to play your own skill set and you delegate what you're not good at. But I do I do believe what my skill set is transferable to different industries. Mm. And I've proved that based on the things that I've, the, the diverse things that I've done. Yeah. I, I don't know what, I, I don't know where I'm going to be in 10 years. Who knows what I'll be up to then. But <laughs> um, this online stuff I'm, I'm getting into more, yeah. really enjoying that, the content stuff cool. as well. So yeah. It's exciting, man. Like you just said then though, so what got you into, uh, like we'll go into what you're doing now with investing, but I mean, what mm. got you into the property side then? So I was making good money in sales and when I was 19, to give you an idea, so I'm 34 now, I was making 80, 90 grand at age wow. 19, which is a lot of money even now, but when you're 19, yeah, like wow. I was like, <laughs> you know, giving it the big end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and when you first come into money at that age and you start to make that type of money, your initial reaction to spend it, being an idiot, fast car, all of that, you know, girls and all that Shout stuff. Shout the boys and that. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Think you're the top man. Um, but then shortly after that, I was starting to think, right, I really should do something with this money. Mm. 
because it's not really an intelligent move to just keep spunking this money, right? So then I just started to buy properties and there was no mentors then. There was no, well, certainly that I knew of, there was no books that I'd read. Mm. It wasn't YouTube, wasn't even, I don't even know if it was around. It certainly yeah. wasn't big as it is now. Yeah. There wasn't all these online courses and educational courses on property. I, I, I watch homes under the hammer and I probably <laughs> thought that's a really good idea, a good place to put your money. So I just started to buy properties and then it, yeah. it kind of, it was slow at the start, only buying one a year for the first probably four years and then it really ramped up after that. Nice, man, nice. Um, so, yeah. so you kind of figured it out on your own. I made a hell of a lot of mistakes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. People, I was going to say, it, people from, from afar, like, geez, man, Terry's absolutely killing it. But they need to know as well that sometimes that like it hasn't all been, you know, all highs and sunshine and rainbows. There's mm. been a, probably a lot of down days or tough days where you're going, shit, man. I've, but they're lessons now, right? That's what I yeah. see them as, they're lessons in life. Yeah, 100%. Do you want a funny story about Please, some property? Man. Yeah, so um, so I think this was the third property I ever bought. So um, I went to an auction to, uh, to buy, to off, to bid on uh, this particular property. I got outbid and there was a one little bit further down the line on the catalogue. I'd never viewed it. And all there was in the catalogue was an external picture. So normally when it's an external picture, you know that inside is terrible, right? Yeah, yeah. So end up bidding on this property that I never viewed. Stupid thing to do. Um, I got a two-bed house for 17 grand to give wow. you an idea of the, the type of property it was. So got the keys a month or so later. Still never been. Got the keys from the estate agent, drove into the street, and it was like a U-shape. And I would jump, drove down this side of the U and every single property in the U was boarded up. Oh. And I got all the way around the other side, apart from mine. There was gypsies in the street, <laughs> in caravans, there was horses, there was a burnt out car in the street. Oh. And my one that wasn't boarded up, only one in the entire street that wasn't boarded up. And I was like, oh my God, what have I done? I just got a bit of a sinking feeling. Opened the door and the smell Honestly, this it was honestly higher than the skirting boards of wow. shit. Well, I don't know if I can swear. Yeah, of course you can, man. Yeah, of course. Bird shit, dog shit. It was, honestly, it was horrific. There was a like a rusty bird cage with God knows what was in it. And I was like, what have I done? Covering me nose, walking through, walked through into the kitchen. There was like a, like, do, like a, just glass doors, like bifold mm. doors kind of thing at the back. Uh, patio doors. And there was no shit. There was a horse tied to the fence in the back <laughs> garden, right? So it was obviously the, gyp the gypsy's horse. And I was like, what have I done here? Like, what have I done? <laughs> and then after that, three builders refused to work in there. I wanted to clear it out. The labourers went in, nah. refused to work. It was that bad. And I was like, I maybe just need to think about yeah, yeah. what I'm doing with these properties before I just rush into, uh, rush into behind them. So, um, I've got a few more. I've had drug dealers. I've had someone stabbed in a property. I've had bro loads of break-ins, boilers, pinched, trashed. Yeah. I've had crazy stuff. But um, but did yeah, everyone likes the one about that? the horse. Yeah, yeah, that's big. That do, do you still though? Like today, did you make a turnover on them though? So the first three that I bought, that was one of them. Um, were all shitty properties. Yeah. So one was fourteen grand. One was fifteen grand. One was seventeen grand. And after the horse situation, I sold all those three. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then started to buy better properties, but they probably just washed the face. I didn't mm. make any money on them really. In terms of profit, I, I think I sold them for what I was in for them. So mm. what I bought them for and refurbed them for, it was just break even. Yeah, um, yeah so I learned the hard way, learned from my own mistakes. Class that, um, man. It's interesting though, because people, and look at you now, but would you say though, like if someone, for instance, now is listening to this podcast and they're going, 
all right, I've got a bit of money set aside you. Mm. What would you recommend me doing? Te? The answer to that, loads of people ask me that question. The answer to that is different for everybody because of what I always call back to them with is what well, depends on what you want to achieve. Mm. So for example, if you just want cash flow, so if you want passive income, although it's not really passive, you want income from property, mm. which is cash flow. If that's your goal, then then property, sorry, you asked about investing. So yeah, yeah. investing in general, I don't do stocks and shares. I do no. very little of it anyway. Don't do Bitcoin. Um, property is my main, property and business are my main mm. places I invest. So I would recommend that you get into property. As okay. you're starting off, yeah, I would recommend having a business of some sort where you can generate a decent level of income mm. then invest in some of the profits in property. Nice. And dependent upon, because you can buy buy-to-lets mm. or you can buy HMOs. HMOs yeah. So HMOs are where it's, you rent out the rooms in the property yeah, to different yeah. people, buy a letter when you rent the whole unit. Um, if you want cash flow, so if you want to generate, let's say, three grand a month or five mm. grand a month as quick as possible, HMOs are better than buy to lets. Okay. But if you want to build a solid base of assets and you want them to go up in value um, and you don't want much hassle, then buy to lets are better. Yeah, okay. Um, so the answer to that question always comes down to what you want to achieve first. What is it you want? You've got to start with the end in mind. Because some people want cash flow, some people just don't want any hassle whatsoever, mm. and they just want to focus on their business and invest the profits. Then buy to let are better. Mm. Um, if you want to make a proper career of property and go into it big time, then you want to be spreading your risk. Airbnbs, HMOs, and buy to lets. Let. And then as you've done that, or once you've done that for a while, then go into the bigger stuff. Mm. Don't be trying to buy land and build you know, 10 flats or yeah, something yeah, crazy yeah. in your first deal. Because people try and do that. They, That's they, ballsy, that. They try with the big stuff. They buy an office block and try and carve it into 20 flats for the first deal. And I'm thinking, Fuck it. if you get one of them wrong, <laughs> it's not like 50 grand. It's it's like 500 grand or a million quid you yeah. out. And, and you can you can go bankrupt. You can you can lose everything. It's like some people just um, 100 or nothing. And, and people like, for instance, like there's a lot of people now talking about bridging loans and things like that. Like mm -hmm. I, I don't know if you know that Samuel Lee's, he talks highly all about his bridging loans because he's obviously yeah, yeah. selling his profit project yeah. product. But like, what are your thoughts? Because there's some people that probably mm -hmm. don't have the, the the capital or the money to do these things. Mm -hmm. So obviously, with a bridging loan, if I forgive, tell me if I'm wrong. Obviously, you pay an interest on that. Mm -hmm. So if you wanted to buy a property, then renovate it. If you were to say the renovation is going to take four months and mm -hmm. you have a bridging loan for five months to cover your ass for a month, mm -hmm. then you're just paying the interest on that bridging loan, right? And at mm -hmm. the end of it, you you, you refinance. refinance yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And a lot of people are doing that now as well, you say? Yeah, I mean, I've done loads of bridging loans. I mean, the, the business that I, that I exited last year was a mortgage and insurance broker. Cool. So I've been in the mortgage space for, I don't know, 10 years. Um, I do loads of bridging loans. Mm. Um, and... It, again, it depends on your strategy. It depends on what you're looking to achieve. The yeah. reason I use bridging loans is I'll buy with a bridging loan. So I'll put down 25% deposit. Mm. The bank will then give you 75% mm. of the value uh, as a bridging loan. If you put 25% in, they put the rest in. You then refurbish that property and lift the value. Mm. Once the value is lifted and it's it's refurbished, yeah. you then remortgage onto a normal mortgage and then you'll pay the bridging loan off because that's a higher rate and you'll go into a lower rate with a normal bank. That's a strategy I think he's talking about, yeah, yeah. Um, which I use all the time. And the, that that is a good strategy. The key to it is you've got to find the properties that are below market value enough mm. initially, get a good deal on them when you negotiate it. And you've got to force the value by your refurbishment and getting that refurbishment done as cheap as possible Makes without sense. affecting quality. 
So so it's a good strategy because if you get it right, I'm not going to comment on Samuel Leeds, but if you, <laughs> if you get it right, then you can recycle the same pot of money. So if you've got 40 grand sitting around, let's say, if you get the, the deal right, you can put that 40 grand in using for your deposit and your refurb, mm. then you can refinance it in new value and get that money back. And then you can effectively recycle Slam the same one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, of course. And people are talking about this online a lot, like it's easy. It is not easy. Yeah. In 2019, I'd done 16 of them. Um, but in 2020, I didn't do it. I, I, I bought, I think, eight properties in 2020, but I didn't do none of them. Not that The full money out didn't work mm. just because the end values. So once you, you, let's say you buy for 100 grand, then... You do the work and you think it's going to be worth 160, let's say. Mm. If the mortgage value, I said it's only worth 140, mm. there's nothing you can do. They can, they'll can they only release the money based on what they value it at once the refurb's done. Yeah, yeah. So it, you're at the discretion of that mortgage value, really. And since 2020, valuers have been taking something, I think. Some of the values that they've been coming up with are just crazy. But everyone's experiencing this. But yeah. people online are selling it as oh, yeah, it's that easy. You put your money in, you pull it back out and you go again. <laughs> it's not that easy. You see, it's really not. Well, obviously, they're trying to create a customer, right? Of course they are. Of course they sale, are. There's a sale market right there. Yeah, they're selling it, yeah. But the thing is, though, if you do it too many times and it comes and it, it flips on your head, like that's when mm. you obviously get a bad reputation or a bad name. But like, that, is that the risk then? For instance, if you're, you know, you're hoping to renovate a property or for a cheap, mm. build the profit, build the value of the property up, mm-hmm. but not always it's going to go up the amount that we expect, right? So that's mm. the the risk that you play in this, Definitely. right? Definitely. Yeah. It's interesting. It's, for me, mate, like from my perspective, listening and tuning into what you're saying, mm. I'm just like a little kid zoning in and writing <laughs> everything down. That's good though, man. You've you got to learn from somebody and, yeah. and, and you know, you, if you're earning well, keeping your money in the bank mm. is a crazy thing to do because of inflation and you think it's safe in the bank and it's mm. not. And, and the problem is if you've got a business and you're earning good money, you've got money sitting in that business account, what happens all of the time is at some point something will come up. Yeah, yeah. You'll reinvest it in something. There'll be some new kit, some new staff, some new whatever, and you end up spending that money. Mm. So what I say to a lot of the guys I'm coaching is get the money off the table, as in get it out of your business bank account into your account, yeah. or into another business, a property business, the way yeah. you're going to use that money for deposits. Get it out of that main business account as quick as you can, because you can then do something with it. If you just leave it there and think, oh, I've got that money there for something, you just end up spending it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've done it numerous times before myself and I know loads of people that do the same mm. thing. So so a lesson there is get the money off the table and get it in. And I would I would advise probably investing at least 20% of your business income or your personal income or both into another form of asset class. So nice. then you're diversifying yourself and you're de-risking yourself as well. Because if you're just all in on this business here, what if something happens to this business? Yeah, it's not your yeah. fault. Whereas if you've got this business and this business and your personal income that you de-risked. Yeah, yeah. So would you? So when you're saying that, then for instance, you doing all of well, you've got multiple businesses. When I'm saying mm-hmm. that you've got what eleven? You say you got 11? eleven? Yeah, eleven limited companies. Yeah, jeez, man. Yeah. And they all yeah. what are what are they all lined up in? So uh, it's really diverse. So there's numerous property ones. So numerous they're called SPVs. So special purpose vehicle is a limited company that owns property that mm. holds assets. Numerous ones of those. I've got an insurance broker still. Uh, I've got uh, eco business, which is like a construction business. Nice. I've got a letting agency. 
I've got uh, so you got a team then that does hotels. sorry so you got a team yeah. then that go in and do all the 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 renovations on properties of people yeah yeah exactly win yeah. win man. exactly yeah because then they do my own stuff and other people's yeah so you're good to yeah. yeah I like you mate yeah <laughs> you've got hotels uh, cafe glamping site a couple of holding companies yeah, where's the where's the glamping site uh, up in the northeast so it's in Bishop Auckland nice. Yeah, so it's um it's a hard gig that business though. Yeah, a lot harder than I thought. Yeah, well for sure. Does the weather obviously play a massive part in glamping? Yeah, yeah. I mean that's that's one thing that we're cutting because I've got I've got numerous Airbnbs in the countryside, and I've got a couple of these hotels. Other hotels I've got are in the countryside. So I kind of assumed, and you should never assume things, that it would be quite similar in terms of a glamping pod. It's just mm. an Airbnb, effectively. But because it's glamping and it's in a field, although these the ones we've got have got kitchens, Man. bedrooms, bathrooms, living rooms, like mm. pretty nice. I just assumed that people would still book in the winter, just like they do in the hotels and in, 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 in the other ones I've got. But we're finding maybe it's. I hope it's going to change with time. The more reviews we get and buzz we get about the place, but it's pretty dead in the winter. We opened in February, March was quiet, April was mm. quiet, and we're, we're chocker now. We're full now until end of August. But there's not that much in November. Yeah. So so who knows? Um we hadn't accounted for that based on my experience in Airbnbs. I thought it would be similar. Yeah. Maybe it's not. Um but yeah, the product and the site that we've built is great. Class, man. Class. Yeah, man. But you should be doing it, mate. Honestly, you should you should be getting your money in property if you can. Yeah, man. I'm I'm looking I'm currently in the in the process now of looking at a, a social housing. Mm-hmm. Up, up, great. Up with your old ways around that Newcastle yeah, yeah. area. So that's good. One of the things I'm looking into now. Um but yeah, we'll see what happens. I've only come back since January, so mm. I'm very looking to do a, a fair bit of that area. But then seeing mm. seeing what you're doing, mate, is really mm. interesting. Like that's inspiring to people. And and one thing I probably want to like, so many questions I can ask you right yeah, now, Terry. Ask away, yeah. But um, ask like people need to realize, right? Like you just said it earlier. Like you need to factor in what you're good at and what you're not good at, or what you don't like doing, and pass that on to someone who's good at that. Like that's a part of our egos going. Like for me, man, you probably have one too. I have a mentor. I have yeah, someone who mentors to, yeah, yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That, like, so it's in, if it's in sales or if it's in business. So then I know what my what I'm really good at. But if I'm not good at those other aspects, I've got to learn them. Or someone who's gone down a path that I've already been. So if I was to go, I want to get into the housing market. I'd be going, all right, Terry, you're going to mentor yeah, me. That's this. It. You know what I mean? It's a no-brainer, but it. I think I think so many people have got a uh, a different opinion on mentoring because it's like, um, why well, you, you can't do it on your own or the masculine man is like... The ego kicks the in, The ego it? in it, like, you mm. know what I mean? So it's it's really interesting, like, for, for what I do or for what you do, it's um, it's pretty cool, man, because we need to realise that we're all learning off someone else as mm. potentially is above us, right? In In Definitely. certain aspects. Definitely, and, and you're completely right there. And a lot of people won't get a mentor or a coach because because of the ego thing, because mm. of a pride thing. They don't want to be seen as yeah, yeah. getting help from somebody else. But in reality, you know, would Ronaldo have been the same player without mm. Alex Ferguson? Definitely not. Hundred percent. Would Manu have played the way they played without Alex Ferguson? No, because they were coached. Yeah, yeah. Every, every high performance person. Or certainly majority has had either a coach or a mentor yeah, at some yeah. point in their life. So if if people like that need a coach, well, you know, John, who's aspiring property investor, yeah, why wouldn't yeah. he need a coach? And you can learn from your own mistakes or you can learn from someone else's. Mm. Learning from someone else's is definitely quicker and it costs less. Yeah, yeah. So so why don't you just do that? And 
yeah, I, I don't get it. I've always been open to that. I've, I'm very open-minded and I don't really have, I have an ego in some parts of yeah. my life because I think that's important, but there's no ego. When, when I meet someone who's done more than me in any part of life, whether that's fitness, relate, they've got a better relationship, they're a better yeah. dad, they're a better businessman, property investor, it doesn't matter. I would sit down and listen to what they've got to say and, and, and it, not, not just people that have done more than us, mm. anybody that, I, I like speaking to people. I like communicating and I like learning. Yeah. Because you might meet someone who has got no money mm. and has, I don't know, they're not very fit, but they might be able to tell you something. Yeah, yeah. Or give you, say something that they've learned through their own experiences that actually strikes a chord with you. So the people who've got ego and they're like quite arrogant with it, mm. they're the ones that don't really progress. Yeah. They're the ones that get left behind because they're so stuck in the ways and they yeah. don't want to, take on any advice or help or support. Um, it's that saying, yeah. isn't it? The more you learn, the more you earn. 100%. So, and like, 100%. People go, you shouldn't be, you know, you should, like, so, and that's another fixed mindset that a lot of people have regarding money. Like, but the reality is, man, people, the, if you want to live the life you want to live, you've got to be willing to be open about what you want to achieve and, and source out what it is. And 100%. Yeah, it's a key element for me anyway, is that. So. 100%. I agree. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, man. But then saying that, so you've gone from the property investment, which you still have businesses in, mm-hmm. but then now you've gone into, um, you've gone into invest, uh, no, property uh, renov- uh, investing, but now you've gone into mm-hmm. business investing and mm-hmm. running businesses. Yeah. Where did that thought of or idea come from? Uh, I mean, I was in business before property. I would class myself more as a businessman than a property man mm. um, because I have... I make more money from business. And, and by the way, business is definitely a better ROI than property. Yeah. 100% it is. Because if you, if you invest 40, 50 grand in one bite to let, it might make you 300 pound a month. Mm. If you put 40 to 50 grand into a business, you could be making 100 grand off that. Like, mm. you, you know, so there's no comparison. If you had to pick one, mm. there is no comparison. Um, but, I've, you know, I've sold a couple of businesses. I've invested in a couple of businesses. And... Uh, that's purely down to because if I've got the money there, I want to do something with it. And I love biz. I love everything about biz. Mm. No, I refer. I don't love everything about it. <laughs> that's a lie. Um, I love most part. I love the strategy of business. I love marketing. I love sales. Uh, I love inspiring and motivating teams and mm. helping them achieve more and watching them grow and earn more money. I love all of that aspect yeah. to it. I don't like admin. I don't like HR and those yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, pass them on. Yeah, definitely. Do what you do best and delegate yeah, the rest. Yeah. Is what I say to people, and, and and that's bang on. But I think if anyone's listening to this and they maybe don't have the, enough money right now to to buy property or any other working for somebody else, maybe they're employed, then I think getting good at sales and getting into a business environment, whether it's a side hustle or whether yeah. it's working for somebody else to start and get into an environment where you can earn commission normally a sales role, isn't mm. it? That's your starting point. You know, some guru gurus, I say, <laughs> in inverted commas, online will say, start a side hustle and all of this. Sometimes people just don't have the guidance on yeah. that. You can just learn to be good at sales and get into a sales job mm. in any environment, in any industry, but you want one where it's high commission yeah, yeah. and it's untapped, it's uncapped. Um, and then you'll be able to earn enough money to then hopefully get into business for yourself. Mm. Because... There is nothing wrong with being an employee. No. But I do believe, like, you're in control of your own destiny when you yeah. run your own business. You can write your own paycheck. When you're employed, you write, someone else writes it, unless you can earn commission and then you can write some mm. of it. Um, 
But yeah, I think if you want to change your life financially, you need to be aiming to get to something like having your own business Definitely. or being in a high high earning or with the possibility of earning high commissions yeah, yeah. is what you need to do. I think, bang on what you're saying, Terry, but like, I, I, on, I agree with it, but I think as well, like it comes all back down to our limiting beliefs. Mm. So many people play the safe card and... I think the best thing that ever happened to me was like you talk about with business. I was working a job in Australia and got mm. the stage where, like, I was doing loads more than the other people, but the boss man was pushing me mm. harder, but yeah. letting the others just chill. And I got the breaking point where I go, Fuck, I'm over this. And it wasn't mm. filling my cup of was talk about, right? Yeah, yeah. And then from that, then that was the kick all I needed to pursue what I was really passionate about, you know, mm. mindset coaching people, like, you know, being more effective in your day. Mm. And, but th the same thing that you just said then about writing yourself a check, I think as well as like, you're your motivation. Mm. So if you want to live a good life, it's, it's only on, it's on you to do that. 100%. It's not like, you know, I'm going to doss it off for eight hours a day for a company and probably get a paycheck then mm. and I'm going to go under the, under the, you know, like a lot of people are doing that. But then I thought, yeah, man, I've got to pursue something that is passionate about me, but it's a bit of risk involved with it too. Because mm. if you don't have that thing that's scaring you a little bit, like mm. that's the, that's the thing we chase as well. You know what I mean? That Definitely. getting through, like people do, why do people do these hard ass workouts every day? Because the end result is they feel better. Mm. But you start there feeling shit. So it's understanding, like we talked about earlier, the gap between the two, pain and emotion, pain and pleasure. Mm. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, man, what you're doing, mate, is very inspiring to so mm. many people, even myself. And um, I appreciate that. Thank it, you. It's cool, man. It's really cool to see. And like, is it ever been a time where you was overwhelmed you all of this? Or is it... Um, 100%. Yeah. 100%. Uh, multiple times. But the biggest, probably the last 12 months, my son's one on Saturday and the, the hardest 12 months, probably my entire life has been the last 12 months mm. because I exited a business that's been my life's work. Uh, the life insurance game, I'm not in anymore. Like, so that, that for anyone that's sold a business will understand this. You think before you sell a business that that's utopia. When mm. you sell a business, it, it's, it's amazing. And like, you've made it and you made all this money and all yeah. of this. Literally within a week, I was like, what have I done? It's part what of have your... I done? Like, honestly, it made us feel a bit, what? And then, to go back to your thing about overwhelm, though, that was part of it because I felt overwhelmed in, in a sense of, I don't have my identity anymore. Connect, I need yeah. to I need to then find, although I still had, at that point, I had 13 businesses, right? Uh. So, so I still had, it's not like I had nothing else on. It's not like yeah, I was yeah. sitting on the sofa doing nothing. I still had loads on, but I felt overwhelmed in terms of like I, I needed to give myself more to do if that makes mm. sense and overwhelm is too much on but I, I felt like I had to almost force myself to have more yeah. on to feel the way I used to feel it's just a strange feeling and then and then on top of that not getting sleep mm, sleep to so, so sleep I know you went to your fitness sleep I must admit up until I had my son my youngest son um, I was like, I don't need sleep. I was one of yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. Five o'clock, five a.m. club. I don't need sleep. Sleep when you're dead <laughs> and all this. And then the lack of sleep, whether it's just because I was a bit older when I had my, my son, I, I don't know. The other kids didn't affect us that much sleep-wise, but this one did. So I felt really overwhelmed in that sense. I was I was getting lack of sleep. I was slacking on my training a little bit. I, I still train three, four times a week, and I've never, I never really missed that. But 
the intensity wasn't there in the workout at all. I was just getting through the motions. And then I had numerous other factors that all hit us at once. So I bought a big house, doing the house up with a young baby. And then my work situation was really different. Interest rates Mm. are like three times more than what they were. But loads of factors. I've had some staff issues. All these factors just hit me all at once. So the most overwhelmed I've ever felt is the past 12 months. Mm. Probably the past two months um what one now july so probably yeah probably two to three months it's got better and i've started to get in a more of a flow with it mm. the content stuff's came across Good. now so that's got my attention and, I, and i'm past it but for anyone that thinks you know having loads of money solves that it definitely it doesn't. doesn't it definitely doesn't no. you're still gonna have those problems whether you're skint are you worth 100 million you're still yeah, gonna have yeah. them 100 percent, man it's uh it's it's yeah it's true what you're saying like and i think an identity is a key element there like the identity of what like you've been through the trenches probably from mm. that company from this was that when you're longer serving companies yes yeah, so, so i set that up in 2014 yeah so that's what did last year yeah so that 13 14 no. 24 2014 to nine years nine years sorry yeah eight nine years yeah yeah you said 14 because that's how long i've been in business <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah 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 but like the identity connected that because mm. you've been through the good times and the bad times probably at the start mm. with that and you wear yeah, that with yeah. a badge of honour like if you pulled your sleeve up it's tattooed under the skin yeah yeah so when you've yeah. sold it it's a bit of like a breakup feeling that that's a breakup it, on its mate, own honestly I can't explain and I'd, I'd actually read books on this that they say when you sell your business it's like yeah. you wobble a little bit and yeah. I was like nah not me that won't, yeah. that won't happen to me but because it was like and all my friends still work there yeah, yeah. some of my best friends the godfather and my kids were there and all that mm. and it was like I, I can't explain it I just thought when you sell your business and make all this money yeah, that yeah. you've made I literally had in my head the process draw, was that drawn out the sale process was like over a year so yeah. it was really tiring exhausting by the end of it you just want out yeah yeah yeah, yeah I would like give it away in the fucking end <laughs> to be honest but that just takes its toll on you that much you just want to give it away but I had in my head that once it's gone, I'll go on a big holiday, buy yeah, a big yeah. house, live the dream. I never thought I'd retire, but I just thought life would be different. Yeah. It's no fucking different. Still no different. But my identity, like you, you're completely right. I set it up in 2014. All my mates worked there. Like I had it from the first member of staff mm-hmm. to well over 100 in the end. And it was like I'd seen all of that journey and everybody had great relationships with everyone. Then all of a sudden it's gone. Mm. And I'm hardly even speaking to these some of these people. Yeah. Not in a bad way, just because I don't see them every day like I used to. Of course. And I was just like, shit, man. What do I do? And you have to almost reinvent yourself. Reinvent yourself, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and, and, and yeah, it's, it's it's just a crazy feeling. It's a powerful, crazy man. Crazy feeling, yeah. So, so I, I know it's a guy called Martin Ainsco. He has he owned Ainsco Crane Hire. Mm, okay. So all on the North England, all of it, UK. And mm. he sold it. Oh, God. He sold it a couple of years ago. Um, but he sold it for like a... I think it was around about the 200 mil mark. Wow. Made, made for life, you know? Yeah. But he said that feeling of purpose, that feeling of that identity that he connected with it, mm. he said he was earning for that feeling for so long that he went mm. into a, dep- like, he openly talks, we did a podcast about it, he openly talks mm. about his mental health state dropped purely because of yeah. that identity connected because it was a family-owned business. He made workers which were his friends mm. when that went it all went you and you start not question relationships of everything but you're like 
well, obviously there's a there's a common factor why we're connected, but there's so many things you look in things in a different mm. lens now. It checks your ego before you know you're trying to fill that void with something else, and mm. it, it's really common, mate. But it's um it's probably pretty good for you that a you're still young as mm. you've still got so much more. Yeah, like he's yeah, yeah. he's 68. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So he's he, you know where, but he's still doing a lot now. Uh, Martin, he's a great fella. Um, but mm. for you, man, you've got so much going on still now. You've got a mm. beautiful family that are just well one on yeah, Saturday. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's so yeah, many yeah. blessings in the world, man. But definitely, it's um, definitely yeah. Does, does make it any easier? Though? No, I, no. I thought that like that. I was like, that's what I literally thought. I'd read books on this. There's a lot of big, high-profile people that have said the same thing. Some have, you know, some have committed suicide. Some yeah. have been severely depressed and had all sorts of terrible things going on when they sold the business. And I, I'd, I'd read that. And I still thought it wouldn't happen to me. Yeah, it did. Yeah. And I, I, I wouldn't say I was depressed, but I definitely d- a bit down, hundred percent. But then going into fitness, that is the staple. Someone asked this literally just yesterday, but all the things I've got going on in my life, he said, "What's most important? Mm. What's the first thing to go in your diary?" What? And I said, I didn't even have to think about it. The first thing, yeah, yeah. the priority, and this should be this. I believe should be the same for everyone. It's health and fitness. Yeah. Because if, if I'm not healthy and fit and I don't go to the gym, I'm not a good dad. I'm not a good partner. Yeah, yeah. I'm grumpy. I'm miserable. I'm 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 sluggish. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I lose my temper too quick. <laughs> I'm not a good leader. I'm not a good businessman. Mm. I don't think properly. I don't think like so so health and fitness has to be the staple and, and I'm self aware enough to realise when I start to feel a little bit like when I start to wobble a bit. Yeah, yeah. When I feel like that, the answer is fitness go yeah. for a walk check yourself yeah. innit? like you got it like literally Definitely. man if i'm thinking like f- i'm snappy today mm. okay, okay or it's happened for two three days or you're like this energy's a bit off let's put it that way mm. i go okay this is what am i doing today okay if i i haven't I, my exercising's not right today or i haven't done it today okay that's one tick okay have i journaled lately have I brained up? Like for a lot of people out there, we like we've never been taught it. But if you're over overwhelmed, you've got so much mm. going on, and you haven't had your daily dose of dose of endorphins from the gym, mm. you're not thinking straight. Definitely. So it's like, okay, well, I need to map that out. So I just literally call it a brain dump. Where we brain dump anything mm. that's going on in your head, and you put it in a book. So then you realize, okay, what's true, and what have I mm. created? Like, what have I created in my Most head? Most of it's created, isn't it? Ninety nine percent of it's created. Mm. We add so many dragons to a story. Mm. And if someone's pissed us off, we'll add a mm. little dragon to that story. Oh, he didn't, he was a bit rude this morning, wasn't he? But, but was he really? But was he really? Yeah, or was yeah. it my energy today? Am I just a little yeah, off yeah. today that recognizes that? You know, so that's, so for me, man, I always say mm. to people, how many hours you sleep in the day? What's your morning blueprint? What's your routine? Mm. And then on top of that, then, um, are you, are you like journaling? Or if you're not exercising, are you meditating? Meditating has been Meditating hands creative. down I love that, yeah. one of the best things I've ever done. And people say I can't meditate. It's like no, it's it's because you can't sit alone with yourself for three minutes, close your eyes mm. because you, it's so much going on. Got to get comfortable with the mind, and the mind is definitely that, like we talk about mindset in business, mindset in life. Mindset is one of the key elements, man. Mm. No, it's to, the, to everything, everything, and that's why I think when I look at what you're doing, like my my mindset coaching would be different yours but the fundamentals are the same mm, definitely because there'll it, be loads of similarities yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely because definitely. like for instance I, I, I work with people right who are, one's a YouTuber mm. sporadic lifestyle mm. one's about a play in the Rugby Union World Cup mm. totally different lifestyles a, a, a business in London a tax business I work mm. with their team there 
all of these people, right? Different missions, mm. same fundamentals, same concepts to all of them. Definitely. So it's it's a uh, it's powerful. Like a good analogy on that is if if you're building a house, right? So if you know anything about building work, you build your foundations first, the mm. stuff that's under the ground, and whether you build a house or whether you build a, you know ten flats that's ten stories high, or you build one of these ones in Dubai that's a hundred odd yeah, stories yeah. high. If the foundations aren't right, mm. whatever you build, so whether you're building a YouTube business or you're building a rugby career or you're yeah. building a whatever, if the foundations aren't right, that house will fall over at mm. some point. And mindset is a foundation. Yeah. Mindset is a fa- and regardless of what you build, because there's that many different career paths and in industries these days, regardless of what you build, the foundations has to be right mm. in any structure that you build. And, and everyone gets that analogy because they understand the house and foundation. Yeah, yeah. So if the foundation's right, you could build the biggest tower in the world. Yeah. You could be the next Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk if you wanted to. But if the mount, the, yeah. If the foundation's not right, your mindset isn't right. Yeah. It doesn't matter what you're trying to build. It's going to topple at some point. Mm. Um, so yeah, mindset's everything. Couldn't it agree is. more. It is, man. And like, just clarify that. Then I, I work with... Loads of different. I'm just giving you three different elements, yeah, yeah. but not yeah. loads. I mean, just like the different categories of people, but the concepts mm. all the same. But Definitely. man, it's it's. I think it's it's really good for you coming here today and like just spreading the good, the ugly, and the bad in business as well. Mm. But like just seeing your journey, mate, is is fucking. It's on mm. point to be mm. fair, man, and. and um, like earlier, just before this, now you're jumping on calls or you're on on the cam- the laptop mm. beforehand. Like, how? Well, let's. I think you've answered this question already. But how would you say? You know, if you've got eleven businesses going, um, you know, you've got a family, young family, mm-hmm. yeah, and you're managing all of this. Like, what are the key components? I know you said exercise, mm. but it, where do you like? There's a lot of pull going on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, it's probably the most common question I get asked is like, how do I do everything that I do all at the same time? Um, and I'm not going to say it's easy because it's definitely not. Mm. Um, but fitness is this, in health is the staple. Yeah, yeah. To, to all of it, because if you're not healthy, like I've already said, everything else, you're not a good dad, you're not a good partner, mm. you're not a good businessman. No, nothing's good if you're not fit. So that's got to be the staple for anybody. Not going out drinking and partying because whether you like it or not, and if you're one of those people that says they don't get hungover, good for you, right? Mm, yeah, I, bullshit. I, I wish that was me. Some people say that they don't, but but you cannot argue that you are not as efficient and as good, and you don't think as quick. Yeah. If you are like, the, even if lack of sleep, you mentioned lack of sleep, hungover, you, you're no good. So you've yeah. you've got to. You've got to cut and sacrifice certain things in your life. You mm. can't run this many businesses and do the type of things that I'm doing if you're out every weekend. Mm. You just can't. So you first of all got to look at your own situation and, and think about like what can you, what are you doing? Have you got any bad habits? First of all, you've got to like clear the decks a little bit, yeah. get rid of the bad stuff and the stuff that's not in alignment with what you want to achieve. Um, make sure you keep in he- fit and healthy. But I'm just ultra structured and productive from my, my Google nice. diary. So just a Gmail diary. Same, mate. <laughs> it's literally colour-coded, 15-minute blocks. Oh, yeah. I tell you, it's really a great one. Stop these one-hour meetings. Like yeah, loads yeah. of these business owners that I'm coaching, they're like, got this meeting and that meeting, right? So 
that one hour meeting, nah. could you condense that to half an hour or 100%. even 15 minutes? Half the time you can, because they, they talk about crap and chit chat and how would you yeah. get the 15 minutes and then Fuck they beat off. around the bush before they actually get to the point. Yeah. I think it's a, a meet- short meeting. I think meetings should be 25 to half an hour max because half an hour the max, juice definitely. the juice is gone after half an hour. Like you're you're not, effect- like what 100%. the effective of that message was is going after half an hour You can say what you want to say In such a yeah. short space of time So true man and, and, and literally I've got I've got a great team around us I've got PAs I've got ops managers I've got in-house bookkeepers Accountants I am very well leveraged Because mm. What you need to understand About business Is certainly when you scale When at the start It's you And then it's you And a couple of people Like you can You can wear a lot of hats then Yeah yeah And you can dip in and out Of loads of different things But when you get to a certain size You've just got to You've got to let go a little bit mm. and give up ownership of certain things and say, you know what? Even if this person does it seventy or eighty yeah, percent yeah. as good as me, they're never going to do it as good as you because they don't care as much as you. Yes, Let's yeah. just be honest; they're not going to. You're going to get some superstars that are anomalies, but majority of the time, they're never going to do it as good as you because they don't care as much. So you've got to accept that first of all, and delegate, and just understand and give them enough training yeah, yeah. and support so they know what they're doing because some people recruit someone, right? And on the first week, they're like, you need to do all of this. And that new staff member is like, well, I don't understand any of this. And just because you understand it in here yeah. doesn't mean they, they do. Yeah. So you've got to give them enough training and support to get them to a level. And don't get us wrong, if you've trained them up and they're still shit, then you need to get rid of them. Mm. But you need to have a good recruitment process to stop that. So you've got to delegate as much as you can. And what I do with my team is every Monday we'll have a meeting. Nice. Team meeting. So right, right. What happened over the weekend if it's around property, some businesses are shut during the weekend, but if they're not, what happened over the weekend and what's the plan for the week? So then we'll say, right, we've got to do this, this and this, right? We'll say, right, you do this, you do this, you do this, I'll do this. So then we delegate, we set the set the tone for the week on the Monday. Mm. Literally, it's a 10-minute conversation on a Wednesday check-in and then check out on a Friday. Nice. But I do that with my senior team. I don't do it with everyone because I, I couldn't physically do yeah, that. I was going to say, I'm going to do Because I still do loads of personal stuff. I do yeah. loads of other stuff. I pick my kids up from school most days. Nice. If I'm home, I drop them at school nearly every day and pick them up. Mm. So I'm working late every day and I'm, I've never worked a weekend for probably six years. Class. So loads of people say that you have to work 17, 18 hours a day. Yeah, I used to do that. Mm. But honestly, I, I, if you're structured enough, you don't need to. But yeah. But... What you need is dependent upon your goals, I suppose. So people like Andrew Tate, still, he's worth hundreds of millions and he still works 20 hours a day, he says. So that's fine, because that's in alignment with what he wants to achieve. And there's lots of people that that do that, but he's still keeping fit. He's he's still doing all these other things. So I think where people fall, I know we're digressing a bit here, but I think where people fall down on this, the thing is if, if they want 11 companies and they want all these millions of pounds and whatever, they need to work every hour God sends and they sacrifice the relationship and they sacrifice the yeah, health and yeah. fitness. That that's the worst thing you can do. Because yeah. if if you're a billionaire and you hate your missus and you come home to chaos every night, yeah, that's not good. That's a pretty shit life. Um, it doesn't matter how successful you are at work if you hate your missus and she hates <laughs> you, right? <laughs> or if you hate if your kids hate you. So so you've got to remember that. Um, and I think it's just about balance, but being ultra structured in your diary, yeah. ultra structured with to do lists as well is a massive one. Such a simple task. On Speaking my, my on love my language here, Terry. Yeah, yeah. Speaking man. my love language, mate. The, the, the simplest thing in the world. But who's been there when you wake up in the morning, you think, oh my God, I've got so much to do. You get to the end of that day and you haven't done half the things on nah. that list. 
That's because they either haven't got a list or they're doing the easy ones first. Yeah. So your to-do list, then you prioritize what's most important. I yeah. generally do what's most profitable the first. first. Tunnel vision, get that one done, then the next one. And then one. go back down, yeah. yeah and and that's, just, that's free to do. Yeah. It cost you any money. And people just people know about it, but they don't do it, yeah, which, yeah, which is a crazy yeah. thing. But to have this many staff and this much going on, you have to be like that. Mm. Um, and another another point, sorry to go on about it, but... No, please. Um, is one hat off, another on. So what I mean by that is, when you're at home with your missus or your partner, you're at home with your missus or your partner. You're not at work. You're not answering emails or yeah. phone calls. And yes, there's exceptions. And yes, there's times where you've got to take that urgent call. But I try my best to, when I'm at home with the missus, it's time with her. Differentiate. So I'm not, and when I'm at work, she, she rings us, I won't answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So unless, but I've said, well, ring us <laughs> twice in a row if it's really important. important. So if I say two in a row, I know it's important. Answer. <laughs> but it's just, she just wants to know what's going on. Class. If I've got time, I'll answer, but I often don't. But that, that, that's about like, when I'm at work, I'm at work. Yeah, when yeah. I'm at home, I'm at home. When I'm on holiday, I'm on holiday. When I've got the kids, I've got the kids. When I'm at the gym, I'm at the gym. Mm. So it's, it's having just the discipline uh, not get distracted. Turn notifications off on your emails yeah, yeah. as well. Mid task, ping, 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 ping. Yeah. And you, you dip in and out of tasks. Of you're not productive. Th- I think the phone is a key one, isn't it? Like mm. the phone. So like I find as well, I don't know about you, at times of you'd be flat out working, you'll maybe get a bit too much something and then mm. you'll, instead of like checking out, you quickly look at your phone and it like distracts you for a second, gives you a quick 100%. little dopamine hit and you bang, you're back on whatever you're doing. But, but to get back on it, you've got to reset and like yeah. if you're in the mi- right in the middle of something and you look to your phone, yeah. it's not straight back in. It might take you five seconds, yeah. 10 seconds, 30 seconds to get back into that, but then you get back in for a minute and then you're back. It's, it's honestly, it's no good. And we're all addicted to them things, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. It's either you work with them now, or they're gonna they're gonna ruin you. Technically, phones are because it's they here to stay. So yeah, it's man. like learning how to work with it and become efficient. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's another another road going down that talking about, for instance, AI. AI. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that topic, man. Yeah, love it's it. it's because it, it like people are saying it's crazy what they're doing, mm. but like use it to your advantage. Use it to your advantage. A hundred percent on that. So I watched two interviews on this, literally one after the other, weirdly. And I can't remember who they were. It was two American ones. And one was literally saying, AI is going to end the world. So these yeah. robots are going to get a conscience. Within 10 years, we will be hiding from conscience. the robots. They're going to get a conscience and they're going to they're going to have personalities and they are going to... I'm sure the guy said the 10 or 20% probability yeah, yeah. that they are going to kill off the human race, right? Mm. And I was like, what the... Whoa, this is a bit mad. And this guy's high up in Google. This is not like a nobody. This is guy, someone who's really high up in AI. I watched another one literally straight after and it said you know it's only going to enhance the human race so we are got the people who adopt it are going to it's going to enhance everything about our lives it's going to yes it's going to kill off quite a lot of jobs but it's going to create a load of jobs as well Mm. and the people that adapt it into the businesses now which i already have done uh, and i'm certainly going to do more as it evolves you'll move even further ahead of the competition um and i I think it's a fascinating topic did you see that thing about I think that the, the cleverest ever human in terms of an IQ was 220, 230, something like that. Already, ChatGPT4 is twice as intelligent wow. as, the, as the most intelligent human who has ever lived. But the said, don't quote us on this, but my memory tells me it said, within 10 years, it will be a billion, with a B, a billion times more intelligent than any human ever. Wow. Right? 
But then th- this interview was like, so does that mean it can cure illnesses that, that we can't because we're not intelligent enough Correct. to? Does that mean it can solve mysteries and things that have went on in the past that we don't know about because it's that much more intelligent? Does that mean it can design its own technology? And honestly, it's a ma- Like, I was like, wow. But like, unfortunately, or fortunately, whichever way you look at it, we can't stop this now. Correct. Correct. It's happening whether we like it or not. And it's doubling it, whatever rate it's doubling at, whether we like it or not. Whether we sit on this podcast <laughs> studio or we sit on the beach, doesn't matter, it's doubling. So like... It's true, man. Got to adapt it and... 100%. And crack on. Just people who are wanting that, wanting it, mm. chasing it, that inspires yeah, yeah. me. Um, so, like, you, you're talking about all of this now. Like, this this is, like, hit my love language. Mm. This yeah, talking yeah. about Good. structure creates freedom. Like, when you talk about the the, mm. um, the diary, like, Google Google um, Calendar is my, my, my go-to. Yeah. Like, it shows me what I, I put in there. I normally, on a Sunday, I'll map out, like, the stock standards. Mm. And then the night before, I'll be like, actively think an hour or two before bed okay what is it else i've got to do tomorrow okay mm. you got to make sure you create 15 minutes in your day to do this make sure you send that email or x y and z whatever it is but yeah yeah like imagine if we didn't have that preparation on a business mm. company with 11 businesses you're, you're planning your chaos you're planning failure straight away and i think that's a, a you know reality in it all is creating creating structure is is automatically putting you 10 steps ahead of where you were prior. Definitely. There's a stat that Brian Tracy said, so don't even know who Brian Tracy is. He's one of the OGs of like self-development, yeah. along with Jim Rowan and them guys. Brian Tracy was just after them. He says that a to-do list, day one, just yeah. by having a to-do list, not even prioritizing yeah, them, but yeah. just a to-do list makes you 25% more productive yeah, day yeah. one. And it's free to do. Mm. So if you're feeling overwhelmed, or you've got seen you've telling yourself the bullshit you've got too much on, have a to-do list. Yeah, yeah. Then prioritize them as the next level. Mm. Get them in your calendar. And, and it's so simple. And people know this. That's the problem. Yeah. People know this, but they don't do it. Yeah, it's true. And the thing that will make them do it is what we talked about is mindset. Mm. It's true. And I think like we're all emotion-based too, right? Mm. So you wouldn't do half the things you've done without it being emotionally worth investing in, right? Mm. Filming absolutely sucks and you're like, I hate that. I hate doing admin. Mm. I, hate doing, I hate doing all the HR shit. It doesn't emotionally mm. connect you, does it? But mm. if I said like there's, it, a part of your personality trait is is connecting with people, mm. figuring out a, a, a solution mm-hmm. and there's an outcome. I'm all in. Yeah, yeah, definitely. There's definitely, a, yeah. a, there's a that's your language, yeah, there. exactly. Yeah. So I think that's a, that's a big one too. Is um, is just figuring out what your personality is. I think mm. figuring out what it is that makes you tick. I don't think mm. people give enough time to that. Mm. I think that that's a really good point, and I think being self aware enough. A lot of people aren't self aware. No chance. That's why a lot of people do the same shit over and over again, and just stay in the same place yeah. because they aren't self aware enough. Uh, someone said to me the other day, I can't remember who it was. Some people don't know what a podcast is. And I was like, what? That just blew <laughs> my brain a little bit because but, but there is people who actually don't know what a podcast is. Yeah. They're like, what is that? What mm. was a podcast? Like, but for me and you, that's a real, like we've knew about podcasts for years. Mm. We do them. It's like, but some people aren't. So then they can't hear conversations like this. So you yeah. don't know what you don't know. And if they've never heard anyone talking about things like mindset, law of attraction, all yeah. of these things, then then they just don't know any different. And yeah. and to be fair to them, the, the, 
it's not their fault that they don't yeah. know any different because they haven't had that information. Yeah. It's different if someone said, you need to listen to this podcast, it might help you, and they've said no. Yeah. Then they're unhelpable and uncoachable. Yeah. Um, but yeah, being self-aware enough to watch things like this, listen to things like this, listen to other people and, and thought leaders and all of that and learn, mm. and then actually implement it is is, is a massive thing. And, yeah. and I don't think anybody at the top doesn't do this. Mm. I think everyone at the top does stuff like this. Yeah. I think as well, creating, I think one thing me is like, like you saying six years young, work the weekend, right? Mm. Creating that gap between work and switching off. Definitely. It actually makes you become more creative and more effective. Because mm. like, it's like anything, you do it over and over. If you did seven days a week for months and months and months. And burn out. Burn out. But you're actually so in the book that you're mm. not actually looking until probably someone pulls your head out of it but goes, hey, look from this bird's eye angle here. Mm. Look what else we can do, you know? And I, I think that's just, just other avenues in it. But literally, man, everything you're saying is like hitting my soul. So it's good mm. to hear, Terry. Yeah, <laughs> no, I appreciate that. No, likewise. No, man. Um, it's, I want to ask you one thing, and this kind of goes mm-hmm. back to, well, property. Mm-hmm. Um, what are the big no's? to do mm. not what well, like what are the big no's in property property so a, a big one it's actually similar to what you just said about emotion so a lot of people uneducated or inexperienced property investors mm. they buy on emotion so you've got to buy with logic not emotion mm. so say this to all the guys that i'm coaching is you have to run the numbers first whether because what people do is when they certainly when you view a property that you're going to live in it's even more emotional you go mm. in and you get the feel for it and Oh, the kitchen or the garden. It's an emotional decision, right? That's why people overpay yeah. for stuff. So when you're buying a house to live in, that's different. But if it's an investment, that's to be zero emotion. And people struggle with this. Zero emotion. Mm. 100% logic. So you view the property, take the pictures, do the video, whatever. You, you get as much information about the property as you can. Mm. Then you go back and run the numbers. So dependent upon your strategy and your goals, you need to work out, right, how much am I going to make each month? Yeah, yeah. What's the research behind, is that property going to go up in value? Or if it's buying it to do it up to sell it, if it's to flip it, you need to know the numbers. But what people do is, they use emotion because they go and see the property and think, I love the property. Oh, it's a great, but it's a great area. But this, it's just bollocks that they're telling themselves. It's an emotional decision. And you're playing around with, 20 grand, 30 grand, 50 grand, 200 grand. You're playing around with a lot of money, so you can't emotionally just spend that money. It has Mm. to be logically. And numbers, whether you like numbers or not, you have to just get good at numbers. Yeah, yeah. You have to get good at numbers. And also, don't be too optimistic. So people will say, you know, I could do that refurb for 10 grand. And I'm like, no, you couldn't. I've got my own building firm, and I get things done cheap. That's 15. Yeah, yeah. But people... inexperienced and people who are just act, not even in even some experienced people act with too much emotion and they mm. think but but you know i reckon i could get the refurb for 10 grand and i reckon it'll be worth 200 yeah yeah you know they're being too optimistic they're thinking too positively when you've got to be a little bit pessimistic mm. um when it comes to property because i map out the best case the worst case and it's normally somewhere in the middle in the middle yeah, and, yeah. and that's that's how you have to look at property um I would also say educate yourself first because you can lose a lot of money. Mm. Don't buy the really, really cheap properties either. So most people, when you first start off, you go after the, the cheapest property possible. They're cheap for a reason. Yeah, yeah. Like they are. And depends on your attitude to risk. Social housing is different because 
you can buy in a cheap area mm. and then the social housing companies will put a tenant in there and then you don't have to deal with them. Mm. But if you buy a cheap property and you manage that yourself or you give it to a letting agent, you're going to get them trash it. You're going to yeah. get them missing the rent. They're going to be voids. There's going to be yeah. shit to deal with. So um, dependent upon you, work out your strategy first after you've educated yourself and then buy accordingly. Buy in the best area that you can based on your budget. Um, and make sure you've done enough research into that area and that strategy. Um, and, and yeah, be cautious. Business, I believe, in speed, but property is not about speed. Mm. Um, not not in majority of it anyway. Once you view a property, you should offer with speed. Yeah. Because you're more likely to get it. Um, but yeah, don't rush a decision to buy a property because it's a lot of money at the end of the day. Love that, man. Mate, this has been an awesome episode. One thing I always ask my guests before we wrap it up is just what are you grateful for? That changes every day, but I write down what I'm grateful for. And this morning I wrote down, if I remember rightly, I'm grateful for my partner because we had a nice meal last night. She's called Louise, a little bit. Um, I'm grateful for my kids. I'm grateful for my health. I'm grateful for all of my staff and my businesses, my bank balance and my assets is what I wrote down this morning. Love that, Um, But the gratitude thing, I write down most days. not going to lie and say I do it every day because I don't. Try to. Um, it's whatever pops into my head. But being in a state of gratitude can only positively impact your life. Only. Yeah. No negative from that. 100%. Gratitude changes anything. Where any shit situation you're in, if you can put gratitude in there and see the, the positive in it, like, man, it shifts it massively. But, man, Definitely. I'm great. I'm grateful for you coming down here today and um, jumping on this and just giving out gems. But I'm also grateful that you uh, you live in Wales. <laughs> oh, don't tell people that. <laughs> coming, coming to the the motherland, there, man. But thank you so much. It's, bro. it's it's North Wales, by the way, just over the border, and I'm still a Geordie at all. <laughs> Get down to South Wales. <laughs> thank you so much, brother. Thanks, mate. Don't just talk it, walk it, walk it zone. Don't just talk it, walk it.